black hats and things like that. And I just remember one day <clears throat> stopping at a corner, uh, walking to work and just like looking at everyone on all the corners and like, I don't fit in here. And that's totally You're listening to the Barn Restaurant Podcast, where hospitality lovers come to listen and learn with expert David DiLorenzo. What's up? The DiLo here, and I am excited to have Brett Viber. How are you? Good, how are you? You excited? I'm jacked. I I can tell (laughs) that amazing shirt that you have on. I Show that to the screen. That is just... Um, if you are listening, Russ. if you're listening, describe that shirt for the listeners. Uh, I mean, in a nutshell, I think it's uh, it, we're all going to make mistakes, and we're all capable of fixing mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of the most iconic painters around. What the hell was his name again? Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I my Bob Ross history is a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit behind. So, I remember the first time that I met you. It was at Devour. Mm-hmm. Two, three years ago? Two, yeah, three years ago. Maybe three, three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, something like that. And what was so great about it is I was walking around. I was a I was a sponsor of the event. I was walking around, posting stuff, doing this and that. And you had reached out to me after the event and said, dude, I, I like your vibe. You support local. You do this. You do that. And, and ever since then, we've just been friends. We've yep. been kind of stalking each other yeah, online and doing sure. this. And then, you know, we've done a little bit of work together on the insurance aspect mm-hmm. of things. But I think most importantly, just been a, a real supportive, you know, system for each other. Right. You know, whether it be working out or, you know, any of that yep. sort of stuff. Definitely. And I will venture to say I'm going to give you the title of um, Arizona Indiana Jones nice. of food. <laughs> Perfect. How's, how's that? I willingly accept. It's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are you are so the Indiana Jones. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Sure. But um, you're a native Arizonan, I correct? Am. Yeah. Yep. Where where did you grow up? I uh, grew up in South Tempe. I went to Corona del Sol and uh, yeah, McClintock Warner area when it looked a little bit different than it does nowadays. Just a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. My parents just finally moved out of the old neighborhood and uh, relocated permanently to uh, Colorado. So I have a lot of family up in the Denver oh, wow. area and uh, my brother and sister are already up there. So uh, they made that jump here just a few weeks ago. Uh, but that was uh, that was kind of my last personal connection to the old uh, to the old neighborhood we usually uh, still went down there on yeah. Sundays and had a swim and uh, borrows pizza and so they were in the same house uh, they they sold their old house of just a few years ago the big house but then stayed in the same neighborhood and, okay and whatnot so uh, yeah I think uh, they just got tired finally of the Arizona summer and they're done with it Denver was uh, they were digging Denver and they're there all the time anyways with yeah. family up there so it's a pretty natural uh, evolution I've, I've almost made the jump to uh, the Colorado State a few times so um, yeah. I can appreciate that I'm, I'm sure you can yep. but, but your heart and your soul is still here in native Arizona always going to be uh, no matter where I am no matter where I've been you know over the course of the years and I've been blessed to you know travel travel the world cooking uh, for you know one reason or another but it, there was always something about coming home yeah. to cook, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that ties into, you know, the, just the ingredients I like uh, using and, and, you know, the dirt roads I'm familiar with and, you know, the, that nostalgic feel of, uh, you know, I am get to share, you know, kind of part of my family's past and my family's story with every, you know, yeah. foraged ingredient that's out there that it all came from, you know, my, my dad taking us somewhere. 
Right, so, and uh, and before that, it started with your grandparents, right? You were uh, cooking. Grand, yeah, my my grandma, my grandma, and my mom were always cooking. Yeah, always cooking. So I can remember making pasta for the first time with my grandma. I can remember just every single day, which was torture as a wrestler. But every single day coming home, uh, my mom would have you know fresh baked cookies or muffins or brownies. What are you or, doing? I gotta right, make weight. Or, or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, my dad would just you know as an ex wrestler and a current coach would just you know have have his fill have his fill of it and. You know, yeah. He wasn't cutting weight. He didn't have to make any weight. So I'm sure that was just a glorious thing to come home to, you know, every day for him. So we all had these uh, different different viewpoints on that. It was torture coming home in the house. You know, the garage smelled like brownies before you even got inside. Or oh, my God. Chocolate chip cookies or just, I mean, the list goes on. It's you got to stop with that. I'm drive you nuts. You're, uh, <laughs> so your dad was a wrestling coach at Corona? Yep. Football, wrestling, track. Okay. Football, wrestling, track. And he coached you? Good. Yeah. How was that? Uh, you know, I, I, I've had that question thousands of times, yeah. I think, throughout my life. I loved it. Yeah. I, I never knew anything other than growing up with him being my coach. So, you know, he was he was our coach. And as far as, uh, you know, <clears throat> mentors go in, in the wrestling world, he, he was it for me from, you know, the time I was able to walk and yeah. roll around in the wrestling room, which was pretty damn early. But How did he like it? I'm sure that he enjoyed it less than I enjoyed it. Right. I mean, I can only, <clears throat> I can only imagine what it's like to watch, not just uh, you know your kid in sports, but wrestling is, uh, as he always put it, it's the most intimate sport. You're you're out there all by yourself, and there's other sports where you're out there all by yourself, but not not you know grappling for success and and, no. and things like that. And it, it's a lot, you know. Uh, and he coached other sports, but. It's different losing a wrestling match than a soccer game to to me, and I I know it's horrible, right? Because you, you when you get to lose as a team, uh, it's one thing. When when you lose by yourself, it's it's you know it's all on you, and it's humbling, and it's there's nothing. And there's still a team aspect of it that depend on you to win ab- that match. Absolutely, and and that, it, it likens itself to a kitchen because you know yeah. if the saute cook doesn't pull his weight, then the whole kitchen goes down. If the dishwasher doesn't pull his weight, then the whole kitchen goes down, and and and. That's always been that was always an easy transition for me, getting out of sports and into the business. That 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 always made sense. Like I got to do my part for the team's better benefit, and and that that's always kind of been <clears throat> been what it was with sports growing up. So it was a really yeah. really natural transition for me. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's different to lose all together with your team than all by yourself. Wrestling is definitely the epitome of um, having. Um, discipline skills from the very beginning because mm. you know, i wrestled in, <clears throat> in in high school as well mm. and it, it was hell right it, it was the worst mm-hmm. but the satisfaction of getting on the mat and winning a match and yep. knowing all of that came through um i'm sure you had the episodes of wearing trash bags mm. and yeah. sweating to yeah, death yeah and, sometimes fancier trash bags yeah but, fancier yeah. trash bags <laughs> stuff like that bear you know the yep. bear crawls across the football mm-hmm. field i mean all that sort of stuff. what weight did you wrestle at uh, my freshman year of high school, uh, one hundred three, and then uh, pretty pretty much one twenty five the rest of high school, and then Damn. jumped up to one forty one in college. That's so. ninja weight, bro. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, college was a rude awakening because you kind of got into that spot in the lineup where guys were really fast. You know, lightweights are really fast, heavyweights are really powerful traditionally, and yeah. you know, you fi- I found myself being a middleweight for the first time, where I'm like, God damn, these guys are fast and strong yeah you know, so you gotta you know put it put it together a little differently by the time you get to college what college did you wrestle at uh pima in tucson okay mm-hmm. yeah and and did you have aspirations to go any further after college or uh probably when i was younger but uh <clears throat> by the time call <clears throat> excuse me by the time college was wrapping up my body was t- 
telling me it was about the end of yeah. end of my wrestling days. You know, three knee surgeries in, I broke my ankle in college, and you know, shoulder starts hurting into your mid twenties. That you know, a lot of uh, upper level athletes, uh, not only are they talented and, and highly skilled and, and and you know, big, fast, and strong, but there's a lot of luck involved. Yeah. With you know, staying healthy and, you know, not tweaking your ankle in a way that you don't... Ton you know, of luck. Right, you're not affected the rest of your life. And you look at most uh, high-level athletes had that had that level of luck. It's really tough, you know, to continue to come back after injury after injury. Have after you injury. watched that Netflix story on Michael Jordan? I have not. I listened to a bit of it uh, while, while... How <clears throat> that dude kept it together, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. I mean, just at that level at all times. Right, and you see he never had... He never had a major injury that nothing that ended his career, out, yeah. Right, sidelined him out for a season, and and that's I mean, there's probably guys that were much, 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 much better than Michael Jordan that, yeah. that didn't get it, didn't get to be, didn't get to put together the whole game, you know, no. by, by the end of it. So I, I always, you know, I was thankful for my time on the mat, and wrestlers always know there's no, there's no next level really, you know, right. you know a couple of you know a couple of guys, lucky guys end up. On the Olympic team, but there's not. It's not the there's WWF, no NFL, right? Right. <laughs> right, there's, right. There's no. There's no NFL. There's no NBA. There's. There's no professional proper. Uh, you know, wrestling league here in the United States where most wrestlers are are in college to get an education, and, yeah. and they know they're moving on, and there's there's an end game coming. So no, when you're when I was 13, I wanted to be the Ultimate Warrior. Sure, you know, but I mean that slowly dissipates when you realize <clears throat> that it's all bullshit. Right. Absolutely. But it looked I mean, cool. Yeah, it definitely was not uh, allowed in our house. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I had a, a, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of college teammates went on to MMA uh, careers. And for me, someone was just asking me about it the other day. It was, it was all wrestling strategy and wrestling's mental and physical. And, and, and uh, to get into a cage with someone and just be upset for nothing, you know, to go fight for that, it, it didn't really make sense for yeah. my head. It's a... Uh, don't get me wrong. I always enjoyed a nice uh, <clears throat> brouhaha, but right. But that's because you're upset and you're yeah. mad. Uh, it's, it was hard for me. <clears throat> I didn't need to be like pumped up out of my mind on like crazy music to go out and wrestle a successful wrestling match. I actually like calm, peaceful time mm -hmm. before that, and you know maybe a <clears throat> little bit of self reflection and and things like that before a match where you know a, a fight is is anger driven, and, and I wasn't an angry. Yeah, anger-driven athlete, never. Well, I'm sure a lot of that has helped you in the the furthering of your career, being a chef sure. and, and running restaurants and, and doing that sort of thing. Um, before we we jump into that, so Miles and McKenzie, mm -hmm. right? Six and eight is yep. that? Yeah, creeping closer and closer to seven and nine. Yeah, so, yeah. Couple months here. So, um, yeah. I mean, what's it like being a father? Uh, <clears throat> life changing. Uh, it was, you know, I think. Lots of us, not just in the industry, but people in general, can uh, sympathize or empathize, and as to you know what your twenties or late teens are like. And yeah. I was a wild animal. I mean, there's no <clears throat> no two ways around that. There's two of us. There yeah. was yeah, there was uh, trials and tribulations from you know the, my mid teens until un, until you know around the time my daughter was born, and it just kind of changes your not kind of it totally changes your perspective. <clears throat> on what was important what's now become important. yeah uh you know i i live for these kids uh it doesn't it, it doesn't matter what job i do in the world and my, I, I love my job and <clears throat> it's a you know passion driven career uh obviously the money doesn't matter uh it, it's just it's all about the love of yeah. it but i would i could walk away from it in a heartbeat if it meant a better life for my kids yeah yeah yep, uh, no question so that that would be 
different speaking than before having kids. Right. I, I even did the stereotypical, you know, thing of a chef and his coming up years of, you know, blowing off friends and blowing off family and blowing off weddings and blowing off events and, and just to continue that career. And, right. you know, that kind of that kind of shifted for me a bit as as the kids were born. It sounds like it. You, you definitely have a unique perspective on, on reading through your history and understanding what you've been doing and, and, and working through. So, you know, you started at Barrow's Pizza. Yeah. In Chandler. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what going in and working pizza and doing all that, I, did you get the bug from then to say, I want to move up in this industry, or was it just a job at that point? No, not at all. No, I had the bug before that. I was I was, I was, was waiting to be old enough for them to hire me. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, my brother worked for a couple of different uh, Barrow brothers, but gave me the job uh, at you know, location that's long since moved there. They're really good at moving up uh, and, yeah. and making nicer locations if, in case no one has noticed that over the past uh, 25 years that, yeah, they were all kind of in strip malls when, <clears throat> when I started working for them and now, oh, yeah. they, you know, they're full blown restaurants where, uh, no, I, I, I didn't, I'm speaking of Bob Ross, I'm wearing the shirt today, but uh, I didn't, I didn't grow up watching any uh, cartoons or playing any video games. Uh, I loved Bob Ross. I loved, Ning Sai, all those guys that were yeah. on PBS, uh, Graham Care and yeah. Julia Child. I watched that stuff on Saturday mornings, and then I went and played outside. So, I mean, those both of those things still tie into exactly what I'm doing today. Is, yeah. is you know, I'm in the kitchen or I'm, I'm playing outside. You haven't really changed no, much at all. Not at all. Yeah, you just have to figure out a way to continue. I feel that the vibe. Boy Scout, uh, the Boy Scout vibe, you know, the fire and knives and foraging and digging <laughs> in the dirt and camping. I mean, and, you know, they paid me for it. So yeah. I, no. What, what better uh, way? And like, I mean, it was funny and ironic of, you know, what you said at the beginning, but I, I, I didn't idolize any chefs growing up. I never really idolized any chefs uh, throughout my career. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of mentors and a lot of guys that, you know, men and women that helped me along the way and create, you know, the skills that I possess now. But, man, I loved Indiana Jones. I just, I loved it. The I mean, best. It's a hands-on learn that you know do you want to learn in a classroom or do you want to learn like, yeah touching seeing feeling tasting i mean look if i could have ever wanted if i do. could have coffee with one person right now mm -hmm. it would be harrison ford absolutely and it would be like dude you're han solo and indiana jones right like how, I mean, how amazing is that two how, of the coolest guys yeah. ever yeah it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous right right um when did you go to chicago was that early uh no uh 2011 right after my daughter was born okay <clears throat> so we, we moved to chicago and Opened up the second Roca Accord location, so I opened the Scottsdale location years before. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, stayed for stayed for <clears throat> about a year, and then you know went out about my own business for a while, and then was asked to come uh, be the executive chef in Chicago. So that sounded you know again like something I needed to touch, see, and yeah. feel for myself. So and the Chicago scene completely different from Phoenix. Oh or? my God, night and day. I yeah. mean the Chicago industry scene. In in and in general, just the Chicago, you couldn't find yeah, you couldn't find two places that are more polar complete opposite, opposite. From, yeah, from yeah. one another. I mean, I <laughs> I live downtown, right downtown uh, in the West Loop, and you know, so I walked I walked with the businessmen to work every morning. They were all you know getting off the train. Do you and, have your knives with you? Uh, in my backpack, but I always looked funny because I wear a bright orange Columbia jacket and I wear bright uh, like tan Carhartt pants because in the forest and in the snow you don't want to. 
these guys are all wearing, you know, long black pea coats and black, totally. black hats and things like that. And I just remember one day <clears throat> stopping at a corner, uh, walking to work and just like looking at everyone on all the corners and like, I don't fit in here and that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're you. Yeah. And, and it was, it's just, I was talking to another friend about that this morning. It was, it's, it's nice to be you. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of people you know, spend years and years and years trying to be the person that they think other people want them to be when I don't really care. It's amazing when people get, um, I, I guess, situated in, in, in an idea that they have to be something or somebody else. And, and there could be many different configurations of why that is. Mm -hmm. It could be money. Mm -hmm. It could be, oh, yeah. you know, peer groups. It could be all sorts of different stuff. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, it's nice to be, in my opinion, for me, what works, it's nice to be freed of that. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're freed of that as well. And right, you just went right. out and did your thing. And, and it's, yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, as long as the people, you know, that are closest to you are happy and, and you're happy with that, then I right. mean, for me, <clears throat> and it ties back into my kids, as yeah. long as my family's happy, then you know what? I'm totally at yeah. peace with that and totally cool with that. How long was the stint in Chicago? Uh Five years. About well, five years. And your kids oh, were almost with you years. that time? or Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, and I, was, I was still married. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, when when uh, we came back was mid-2015, mid I guess. And that's when you went over to Cartwrights? Yeah, I did a couple of different uh, jobs around town, uh, <clears throat> just a couple of consults, and just feeling out. Uh, Phoenix is a hard place to come from the outside in or even just to be uh with a lot of executive positions open I, yeah. i'd always noticed <clears throat> even growing up in phoenix that most head chefs own their restaurants right uh and, and so to come back and just from chicago from afar and see like you know who's hiring an executive chef and i'd you know even being a native like i don't really have much of a rapport in phoenix at this point so <clears throat> i knew the owners of tonto and cartwrights at that point in time and I'd finished up a console and Elena and I had actually been talking about was Phoenix the right decision for us, you know, uh, coming from Chicago and, you know, uh, you know, the consults are up now and I've got, you know, a couple job offers in California and I don't want to live in California. Nah, I've, yeah. I've done that. And, and it just, it, it, I didn't like it when I was younger for a number of reasons and it just nothing, <clears throat> nothing seemed or felt right about it until really just randomly one night, uh, the old owners called me up and said, hey, you told us to call you if we ever needed a chef at Cartwrights, and we need a chef at Cartwrights. And I said, okay. And they said, well, we've got a, you know, a Facebook ad or a Craigslist ad or something like that up. And I said, well, you can take it down. You just called me. Yeah. I said, save your, you know, $25 or whatever it is. Take it down. I'll, I'll, I'll be up tomorrow. So, you know, we, we had a good chat and talked about it. And even at that point, they had, you know, I knew that they were looking for an exit strategy as well, so that it was possibly, uh, you know, a long, a long-term deal. So, you know, within a year and a half or so, we, we purchased it and ran with it. Yeah, yeah. you did. <laughs> I, I remember going up there for, for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and uh, how many, uh, how many heads would you do on a Thanksgiving? Or how many Average about 750. That's crazy to That's me. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. People ask, uh, you know, about the prep and whatnot, and it, it starts, it starts like mid through October. Yeah, in, in different aspects of it, you know, of like just making sure the turkeys are in the right place, and and you know, just right. Do I? You're not. You can't be shorted on potatoes and something like that, but you need, you know, this restaurant for the. And so it was a, 
traditional Thanksgiving dinner, you know, or, you know, you could usually have a choice of steak or a choice of fish for those that, you know, didn't like turkey, but a fairly traditional uh, type dinner. So a lot of ingredients that we didn't typically always have it. Right. right? So like, you know, I'm calling someone looking at me. I, I, I don't really reach outside of my local area very well. So to find 300 pounds of local t- potatoes right. in, in Arizona is, is a feat to be had. So it might come from a little bit at Crooked Sky and a little bit over at Mortimer and a little bit over here. And But to get it all together is is just nuts. Even even the turkeys, we started <laughs> Top Knot Farms down in, base, in Benson, yeah. uh, you know, in the springtime for the following Thanksgiving, there's a lot of planning that goes into it if you can actually talk the talk and walk the walk. Right. But, you know, you can't bail on that philosophy and that standard and say, like, oh, shit, I got to call Cisco. I'm like, no, I'm uh, stay true to my word. Yeah, there's and, not many chefs that do stay true it, to their word. And it's tough. Yeah. <clears throat> it's tough, and, and that's how, that's how you know, menus start getting created. That's why I don't have very many potatoes on my menu quite often and, and probably – you know, more native starches that I can get from, you know, the ladies down at Ramona Farms. It makes more sense to me. Yeah. And, th- and that is, um, th- th- it's just such a beautiful thing to hear you say and to really interpret and analyze as I sit here and I listen to you. Like I always knew what you were about mm-hmm. from, from a distance and seeing, you know, on your Facebook and Instagram and, and all the different stuff that you do. But to really put that into context in a menu on a restaurant that serves a shit ton of people all mm-hmm. the time, and you have stayed 100% to your word mm-hmm. to do the best that you can to create local and bring that. I mean, how – obviously, it's very important to you. Um, what, what Do you think by um, doing a lot of that, there's a lot of change that can come to Arizona that you can rub off on other people to really make that movement happen? Yeah, I mean, I think I came back – why Cartwright's worked for me uh, – to go be the chef is I, I was trying my hardest to get out of corporate American restaurant world. Uh, yeah. That, that, that part of my career had come, you know, kind of do a screeching halt. There wasn't I a just, passion for it anymore. No, I, mean, I, I, I end up in this discussion, you know, often with people of like, it, it was great. <clears throat> it was great at that part of your career to say like, Hey, let's get, let's get 250 pounds of bluefin tuna flown in from Spain tomorrow. That was cool. That was, yeah goes back to you know you said you can't pinpoint what are you looking for that's making you happy well at that point in time it was spending a bunch of money and and, and making a bunch of money maybe partying absolutely yeah in Ch- chicago buddy oh hell yeah uh, <laughs> I before mean, chicago it was I mean, you're what it late was, 20s 30s i yeah, mean yeah before chicago it was la and before la it was panama city so 100 man it was yeah your focuses uh end up on different things and and again yeah probably as i got older and the the partying uh ways uh <clears throat> kind of burned out of me you, you start seeing like you know what i i'm having an idea of how i want to create food and i'm having a scope and a vision of yeah of, of where i want to be with this thing and you know like we had talked about before is that that's what brings me that's what was always in my heart about arizona is like if i can go back to arizona like i already know ranchers i already know i already know farmers i already know i, I already have a network of I know where to find mushrooms all the time. I know where to find blackberries all the yeah. time. I know I know how to use all this through like, <clears throat> you know, my dad and Boy Scouts, and then just self, uh, you know, education and continuing, you know, those roots that were planted young was it, it made sense to come back here, yeah, uh, to to do the restaurant and Cartwright's kind of already had that framework for it a little more, <clears throat> a little more cowboy steakhouse uh, e when I, I when set I, up for you, yeah, right when I first uh, took over, but. But the perfect uh, shell for kind of how I wanted to 
just release the ideas, I yeah. guess, to the to the valley where, and I think I have seen it uh, rub off, uh, just because you have chefs that say like, hey, I, you know, <clears throat> they want to be they want to be hyper local as well, and, and totally, you know, it's like I get some of my mushroom hunting friends that aren't chefs that they get you know upset if you tell them a space, you know, tell someone else a, a place where you know you found you something. The mushrooms, yeah. yeah, but you know what? That's also someone showed them at one point how to do it, and right. someone showed me at one point how to do it. And if someone's actually being passionate and wants to learn, I'll tell you what: I've probably taken twenty or twenty-five different industry you know professionals yeah. out between bartenders that are looking for something different, you know, or brewers that are looking for something for different. We had the Helio guys out with us, you know, a couple of summers ago, just looking around to see like, what else can we, what else can we, yeah, same, uh, you know, what else can, can we do? And, you know, I've, I've got a couple of friends that are chefs that, that are, you know, with us often. And and that, that makes for, you know, even more collaboration in the end. So, so, so as we dive into to foraging, mm-hmm. which is what you're talking about right now. I mean, for people listening, what what in Arizona can you get a surplus of? You, you know, it's like yesterday I saw you picking blackberries and mushrooms. I mean, what else is out there that people probably just don't even know? Everything, yeah. <clears throat> uh, thousands, thousands and thousands of things. What's beautiful about Arizona is we're split in half. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the Sonoran Desert and we've got the Colorado Plateau. So, <laughs> Arizona has just the same if not more uh of that food diversity that wild food diversity because one the sonoran desert has a number and number of uh edible items that no one else has on earth uh so to speak to that you know to start is you know the sonoran every desert's an ancient ocean it just depends on how long that ocean's been extinct interesting and what kind of life is left in it well the sonoran desert was one of the last ancient oceans so you look out at this desert and it's not the sahara and it's not the gobi and it's not the mojave desert it's not sandy dunes for as far as the eye can see it's vibrant it is full of life and sometimes that life is just under the surface or it's Mm. just trapped inside of a inside of a uh a plant uh but the Sonoran Desert has more flora and fauna than anywhere else in the world. Okay. Uh, it's just a matter of being educated right. uh, and, and figuring that out. And I think, I think that's also part of the fun of <clears throat> the fun and joy of presenting food this way to people is that we've made it super complicated. Yeah. Super complicated. So when I'm out, you know, some of our bigger things from the Sonoran Desert would be choya buds, prickly pear, saguaro fruit, barrel cactus fruit. <clears throat> but in turn, that means I don't use any other seeds except cactus seeds anymore either. And the seeds of uh, the cactus are, are full of antioxidants and proteins. And it, that's the other thing is most of this food is, you know, in my eyes or my opinion, nearly medicinal. It's yeah. good for you. Good food right. for you is going to be good for your body. It's They go hand in hand. It's not It's not rocket science here that it it, and and food that grows close to you is is probably going to be better for you than food that you've had from somewhere else your body your body craves and wants to eat what it's adapted to the area and the climates the geography that it's adapted to so why wouldn't you eat the way that indigenous people ate and can you present it in a different way of course you can because we worked in japanese cuisine and italian cuisine and american cuisine and 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 so now you can pull you know, a different region's application with our ingredients. So maybe, you know, we love robotic grills like in Japanese food, but to have it with, you know, venison and, you know, sauteed mushrooms and <clears throat> butter that you churn from local milk and, yeah. and berry sauce that, you know, you picked right next to where the venison was found and right on top of, 
you know, where you picked your mushrooms, that's that's something beautiful to me. Is there any way to be a chef and a business owner and to be able to do all that and stay true to your heart and make any fucking money? No. Yeah. No. That's And, and I think that's what the big problem is in today's yes. society. Is Definitely. You, you talk about the Cisco's and the Shamrocks and all that, and nothing – I mean, they are the – they are what is needed for a lot of these people to mm-hmm. be in business and do their thing. Sure. But, but, you know, wow, how cool would it be to have a place, you know? I mean, is there going to be a place called Wild? Yep. And how cool would it be to have a place like that where, you I know? I think we've figured out uh, <clears throat> a model as to, <coughs> excuse me, how to make it, uh, and not not that it, you know, I don't want to be the, you know, all the way negative guy. There's no way to become rich that way. Yeah. So, okay. you know, to to keep the business sustainable yeah and to you know but that was that's a drive behind uh closing cartwrights it shocked some people but usually uh to give the story behind it people say ah yeah that makes more sense so uh for me in 2020 or 2019 rather uh cartwrights was the same size as roca core in chicago square footage and seating okay Uh, wow so downtown Chicago has a, a bit more foot traffic and just a, yeah, a bit more right, uh, yeah. traffic in general. It didn't make sense to talk about the sustainability on this food side that we're so passionate about while not being financially sustainable, you know, while continuing not to, to, it's very, very challenging to fill up a restaurant in Cave Creek with 165 seats. Oh yeah. Night after night, after night, after night. So the, the idea was, I all <clears throat> I already wanted to start a farm, whether it was going to back up Cartwrights or or a different business venture. Yeah. Uh, it had just gotten to a point where this is a good time to do it. We're not we're not in debt. We're not we're not you know upside down or anything with with yeah. with money. So this is a good time to just you know. It was it was good for all parties. Right. Stop the partnership. Business partner wanted to do different things. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and I was just dying inside for this tiny little restaurant yeah just a tiny little restaurant uh and you know we we still have the core group of everyone that worked at cartwrights for the most part excellent existing under wild you know jaron was my sous chef for years and years and years but now he's become my business partner right uh you know we've been to chicago and back together we opened roca here in uh, scottsdale together 14 years ago 13 years ago wow so i mean he and i've been not only chef and sous chef for years and years, but clearly you become pretty damn good friends over that course of time. You know where, how to read each other, and yeah, absolutely. And and in our our food progression, our thoughts and our, <clears throat> our outlooks uh, progressed and evolved at the exact same time. Where uh, uh, Jaron's Navajo and in, in in his, you know this was coming back full circle to his roots as well. Yeah. Uh, and it made sense as we closed Cartwrights for <clears throat> uh, me not to be the only owner of the new restaurant. So, you know, if, if I was moving on without my previous business partner, I don't want to be the only owner. Yeah. I, I want, I want my bar manager to have ownership. I want, I want the, the sous chef to have ownership. So cool. instead, like we don't need a sous chef anymore. If we've got two chefs in the building uh, <clears throat> and we've, we've, we toyed around uh, before uh, these last five months with, with a couple of different locations, and the idea was to get it more centralized and smaller. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. Uh, so in turn, as uh, all of this has gone on, <clears throat> uh, the Scott Foundation, who I've worked with for a long time, we've, their ultimate goal was always a, 
uh, boutique resort and hotel okay. uh, where the kids would kids that are aging out of the foster system have an ability to intern and and or actually get paid to live and work on the hotel's property whether it's on our farm or whether it's on some side of the hospitality well, that <clears throat> plan came just snowballing through this course yeah. through last spring where it was kind of a five-year plan six months ago and it's a go 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 plan right now wow uh so looking uh at a space that's about 80 acres and again back north of cave creek but i feel comfortable about that because it's tied into a hotel and a resort yeah uh, where i know that i'm gonna have occupancy on the property all the time right and i'm not just waiting for transient traffic to come through that's so randomly. cool it also ties together you know all of my dreams of what i want to do is have my livestock and my farm right on the property right and so we're test piloting this right now on an acre property uh in north scottsdale so okay building a mini farm building a commercial kitchen building an outdoor dining area where we can for the next year or two while this property gets built yeah uh <clears throat> just continue to test pilot continue to have collaboration dinners and the kids will have uh so culinary side of the scott foundation is called the wild kids culinary academy okay <clears throat> so this will actually let me do everything that i kind of ever wanted to do and farm and ranch and have that directly tied to our kitchen and our menu all the time <clears throat> right out where we can forage the desert whenever we need close enough that we can jump up into the forest which is a huge reason of why i live in new river yeah uh i'm closer to the forest yeah than, ever, than yeah. everyone else uh it, and it just brings it all full circle to me. <clears throat> I can continue to teach these kids that are, you know, coming to me when they're 12, 13, 14 years old. <clears throat> and I've been through my whole first group of them, you know, on their three-year block yeah. now. That those 18 and 19-year-olds, they they babysit our kids. They so help cool. me on any event that I need help wow. on. They're, they're, they're qualified, skilled cooks. Uh, so in turn, Jaron and I will be able to run the restaurant with, Kids, yeah. kids that are in our academy. So that you <clears throat> helped. Yeah, so I think we, yeah. we get to hit all all the nails on the head that we want. We'll open our new restaurant in, you know, a year and a half or two. Yeah. That gives us plenty of time to <clears throat> be prepping mentally and, yeah. <clears throat> and and things like that. And it's a, it's a huge undertaking with the whole resort where, uh, you know, there's – where there won't be a golf course, there will be gardening classes and where there won't be uh, – I don't know something else fancy at a hotel we'll have foraging classes or you know yeah. we intend on having you know jeeps that we can take people on it's, outdoor it's tours amazing. from <clears throat> that way you can see what your food was that morning you can be interactive and we've been doing that a little bit more jaron and i taking people on camp outs and taking people uh out on expeditions because for years people have asked me to do it but having that you know the old restaurant for open seven days you're a week, slave to the 364 yeah. days a year you, you just don't have the time to take on any other project. No. So in this downtime, if you will, I feel like I'm busier than I ever have been, but yeah. in this time that I don't have a restaurant, in the new restaurant, I definitely won't have open every single night. Uh, and that gives us time. That gives staff time to <clears throat> to get things done either as a family or, or as a crew where yeah. you know, Jaron and I right now, we're just canning and jarring and dehydrating and preserving well, that, that's everything. the thing people can will be able to come to your spot and pick up stuff that you've canned and absolutely I mean, yeah. wild so organic at that point there yeah. will be a there will be a farmer's market yeah. obviously on on the property uh that's where, amazing where again all these things that i've kind of done or dealt with <clears throat> in these satellite type yeah uh situations where i'm i'm 
totally stoked to have it all. This, uh, even if it's I'm, I'm even if it's eighty this. spread out over eighty acres, I don't have to yeah you know, drive here for this and drive here for that or you know source this from here and source that from there uh where it's <clears throat> there's a need for it people right now with everything with the stuff that's going on in the the world period and people mm-hmm. you know i i think grasping to some sort of understanding that you know being healthy is a huge plus right and oh, y- y- if you can offset some of your um let's just say habitual uh, things that you've done that mm-hmm. have given you high blood pressure, made you overweight or, you know, that sort of thing by just, you know, finding really great places and mm-hmm. educational places to learn how to eat better. And, and, to do and, and to make it, you know, into not, uh, not a forced educational uh, type yeah. situation, but right. where people are having fun. People it. love it. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Who I mean, doesn't I, want to go in the woods? How many people over the course of the spring have called me and asked me how to help them with gardening and farming and foraging? Yeah. And like, at one point, I was like, "Sorry, man, I'm looking out for myself right now." But like, you know, I know we're getting right. the planted as the, fast the as world's we could. ending. Like, yeah, I like, I don't, I don't know. I'm planting all these zucchinis. Like, try your best. Yeah. Uh, but it, it that just goes to show that we, we've lost something that's vital and super important to humanity is 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 that connection with food the actual connection with food i talk to people all the time they're like oh i can't i can't hear about a cow being killed and like you're eating a steak right now yeah you have to honor that animal that that's not doing it any honor or or any service by by not right appreciating the whole the whole uh line and i know it's hard for some people but but in general that man i i I want to raise my own livestock so that I can make sure they're harvested sustainably and ethically and, and morally. <clears throat> and and while yes, that part's hard for some people, it's it's also a huge important part of connecting to the food. I mean, I I had a friend that was <clears throat> or is vegan uh, that participated in a lamb slaughter a couple years ago, and and she forced herself to watch it, and because it was important, yeah, I guess. You know, for her to see very all, emotional, all the, definitely, yeah. and and it and it is an emotional thing. It's I commercial fish almost every summer, not this summer because they don't want me in Canada. But uh, right, uh, I can appreciate that this yeah. summer. But uh, that I mean, you're you're killing fish all day long. Right. The idea is I don't want the fish to suffer though. So I, how am I doing this ethically and sustainably, and and approaching it with the you know a moral compass where I'm not you know getting any sadistic uh kicks out of it is honor yeah it's an honor thing you can bring it back <clears throat> and i'll tell you what when you catch that fish yourself and you bring it all the way back from canada you don't want to waste one bit of it no i'm so sure for years we've made all of our soy sauce instead of with bonito flakes that i have to order from japan i bring back all the salmon every year we smoke and dry all those bones and we put that into our soy sauce rather than bonito flavor. Absolutely amazing. So you're, like, you're like a Jedi of, of cooking. This well, we touched on Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah, so. no, I, well, go figure. You know, where, my, you know where my head was at as a as a youngster. Well, as we talked earlier, we're both, you know, 80s butt rock lovers, yeah. you know, as well. So I, <laughs> I guess on, putting all those terms together a, is not the best. I've been, a, I've been on a kick the last few days. Uh, that is amazing. Um, are there any good fish in Arizona? Trout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in predominantly like at cartwrights we get the trout from the uh oak creek trout yeah farm. you did sushi at cartwrights i remember yep. that yeah. yeah 
which was kind of weird when I went up there, you know, yeah, because takes, I had been it, going there for years, and right. all of a sudden there's sushi on the menu at Cartwright's. So mm -hmm. And that's, an, that's another part of uh, getting to a smaller, more intimate space is, uh, you know, connection and stories yeah. behind it. Because if, if you don't get the whole story, then it does seem like, yeah. she doing on the menu and where did this guy come from but you know it's a it's a for me it obviously came from years in japanese food uh on top of it <clears throat> people ask like oh if you're so local and everything's you know wild and foraged like how do you have so much seafood on your menu well i'm wearing the hat right now i, I work with these guys every summer it's the only seafood <clears throat> i wouldn't say only but predominantly the only seafood I use because I've been on all their boats and I yeah. know how it all works. And that's, that's stuff that I've all, I've caught all of it. Right. Uh, so I think that story holds up very well to bringing it back for sure. every, yeah. <clears throat> every year. And somehow for me, everything I forage out of the desert tastes good on raw fish. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I, <clears throat> I've told people this a couple of times and some people have said, Oh, that makes sense. And other people have looked at me like, what the hell is this guy, you know, thinking up here? I, I think that the desert stuff goes with seafood very, very well because, again, in the big scheme of things, this desert's not that far removed from being an ocean. So how long have those plants evolved or how far have they actually evolved from when it was something that was actually with fish? Yeah, and, and the whole educational portion of what you state there, I, I think even people listening here are kind of like, oh, wait a minute, oh, wow, Arizona was a was an ocean at one point, you know? and, and Right, and not to, as long ago as, yeah. you know, when you look at the – the big man. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a big timeline. A typical day in foraging, <clears throat> and and since you kind of live close to the to the forest over there, so you just you pack it up, pack pack the dog or dog. What do you have? Dogs or dog or? I have one. That, you have one dog. One that works with me. One three, that works three with that, me. Three that three that I possess. One that works. Got with it. Us. Um, do you pack up the kids sometimes if they're around? If they're around, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, you just head up. And Sunday. is it just a one day thing, or do you sometimes um, camp it? Or it's different for different seasons. So you know, if you start the regular calendar year, say. In January, uh, as far as forest trips, there's nothing really producing in the forest, but we're checking snowpack and we're checking for uh, runoff and, and seeing what streams are going to flow well okay. through the springtime because that'll start producing spring and yeah, producing, uh, you know, the first of the spring products in, uh, in the forest. <clears throat> but by late February in the desert, the desert's really starting to produce you know, barrel cactus fruit and, you know, Palo Verde and, and, yeah. and, and that that's pretty typical. Uh, so like those, those kinds of mornings, uh, if we're in the desert and it's a springtime, <clears throat> usually like a 6am to noon kind of forage and, okay. and, you know, we're not, our desert spots aren't that far. <clears throat> and honestly, a lot of it gets done on my property nowadays. That's cool. Uh, we have tons of, tons of five acres, but only three that we've committed to fencing in for the farm. Yeah. The other two will stay. So there's literally no excuses wild. for me to not do this with you. Right. Okay. Got uh, it. Forest stuff, or like say we're on saguaros for about six weeks a year. Okay. You get up about four in the morning, but you're done by about 6.15. As soon as the sun's been up for 35, 40 minutes, you're staring right into it coming up because yeah. you're looking up the top of a cactus. Gotcha. <clears throat> not to mention you're just feeling it go from 97 to 98 to 99 to 101 to 103. And like, Real quick. Yeah, it's a, yeah. And at the same time, as soon as the sun comes up, the birds and bugs are just all over yeah. cactus fruit. So, so that you know, that's every single day for six weeks, but it's only a couple hours a day, yeah. and that's all we're on that at that point in time. Uh, and so, right now, mushroom season is you know, typically up by two or two thirty in the morning, and 
without having the restaurant right now, we're, we're able to camp a little bit more. But again, yeah. we have a lot of plans to take care of. We have the Foster Foundation that, you know, we're committed to. And and it's hard. It's hard to get away for, you know, yeah. more than one night. So um, Monday morning, Jaron and I left at <clears throat> 4.30 in the morning. We got home around 8 at night. Do you take naps? No. No? no. You just got energy? Keep going. God. Yeah. Good for you. Man. No caffeine, though. Yeah. No caffeine. No caffeine. No caffeine? No. you too crazy on yeah, caffeine? Yeah, that's, that's, that's If awesome. I drank a Coke right now, I wouldn't sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and and my assumption is you probably cook a lot at home, mm-hmm. just, yeah, for you and your more, family. More now uh, than than I ever have, but it's funny. A lot of chefs uh, I hear joke around right now, uh, like, I didn't realize I had a kitchen at my house. Yeah. I'm like, uh a lot that I've talked to and realized and, but that. The too. thing is, is with, with the foraging, there ends up being a lot of times like, oh, I don't want to go to the restaurant and like prep this right now. And like, I'm, I'm already at home or yeah. I would have to drive right past my house to, you know, go to <clears throat> the kitchen to prep this and like, uh, and just end up doing it at home. So you know, end up with yeah. morel and spot prawn pasta from time to time. Per- yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is what it is. Right. Um, that's, and no cheating, no Chick-fil-A or. As far as fast food. Yeah. Um, not I'm You're pretty good about it. I, I, I don't, I used to love it. Uh, and there's, I got no shame in saying that, but yeah. the first year that I commercial fished, uh, fries. Okay. I ate salmon only for, you know, salmon only. Did you get a mercury seven, test after that? Well, salmon and spot prawns, but only seafood while I was in, yeah. in Canada. <clears throat> and I came home and I had asked Elena to get me something to eat on the way to the airport. And she brought me in an out burger. And I thought like, God, I haven't had a burger in weeks, and I ate it, and I was so sick. Yeah, so yeah your sick. body's just not and, used to eating. And that's probably when I stopped eating it in, in general. I can't remember the last time yeah. I would have. I ate. Uh, that was me food. back back when I drank a mm-hmm. lot, which is well going on. I think seven years I mm-hmm. haven't had any um, fast food. Was like, oh yeah, you know, and same thing. Like I mean, the I cure was for a the addiction. Heavy, heavy boozer. Right, it's filled yeah. with oils and sugars. Oh and yeah, synthetic fats. It's just it's. Again, I, I I have a hard time trying to live my whole life this way, and and I tell people like this is this is stuff I'm trying to teach my kids. It's not it's not a concept for me. It's not a fad for me. It's my life, and that's how the food fits into my concept. It's, yeah. If I wasn't a cook, I would still be foraging as often as I possibly could. I would still want a commercial fish. I would still it's it, they're they're all things that I love doing. So yeah. it just it this is how I'm living my life. So it makes no sense for me to you know, leave here today and stop over to Chick-fil-A. Well, no. And you know how the body works and, and right. when it takes in good stuff and you're mm-hmm. able to, to move and feel good and, and all that. And that's, what's so important. I think for people to, when you do open to go visit your restaurant and mm-hmm. see what's going on and do all that sort of stuff. That's, that's amazing. All right. I got a few quick questions mm-hmm. for you. All right. See if you can handle these. Okay. Would you rather go to a, this is a dumb question. I know what your answer is going to be. Would you rather go to a <laughs> Vegas party or a dude ranch? Dude ranch. Yeah. Have you ever been to a dude ranch? Um, I have, and I, you know, I say that sparingly because a Vegas party is always <laughs> going to be a good time. In a dude ranch, uh, you know, posers can end up making me, making me. A Let little, me rephrase the question. Me question. Me Would you enough. rather go to a Vegas party with David Coverdale from White Snake? Vegas party with David yeah. Coverdale. Yeah. <laughs> um, have Have you ever seen any, just any weird shit while you were camping? Yes. Like, okay. Like, I mean, nonstop. I think. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot of weird shit just out in the forest in general. I mean, you come across like a a, a car door okay. in the middle of the forest, and like you 
But not we're not talking a Bigfoot or anything. No, no, no. I mean, as far as as far as wildlife goes, no, I've not uh, I've not had that uh, <laughs> fortunate uh, bestowed upon me yet. Uh, no, but I think even the weirdest stuff for us is that there was a, I think it was last summer, uh, there was a couple that had overtaken some prison guards or whatever, and they were making their way through the White Mountains. Oh. They eventually got captured in Tonto Basin or something like that. <clears throat> Jaron and I were out of touch that whole time oh, in the White Mountains working our way to Tonto Basin on mushrooms on mushrooms, berries, and then stopping at our friends. Well, let's clarify. You weren't on mushrooms. You were. No, when I I know I have yeah. to I have to clarify <laughs> that all the time. No, when we were on the mushroom for forage. Right. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, we shorten it up sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oops. Uh, <clears throat> but we were working our way, basically right along their path. The whole, oh my god! The whole time where uh, I I don't really worry about wildlife. I worry about. People, yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame you there. Yep. So it's uh, the the dogs there for the wildlife. I, I guess I'm there for the people. How many rattlesnakes have you seen? Ever? Yeah, for this wall, year. Wall foraging. Let's go this year. Two. Okay. That's yeah. Not too bad. No, I I see them far less often than than I feel like other people see them. I, yeah. I see people, you know, and that's the thing. I don't want a picture of it. Yeah. I'm not getting a video. It doesn't need to be on my fucking Instagram. Right. Like, I, like uh, so I, I typically try and stay away. And you don't forage for rattlesnakes? No. 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 I had a sous chef that used to. Gross. Yeah. Um, Not a whole lot of meat. Would you rather camp in uh, six feet of snow or Death Valley? Six feet of snow. Really? Yeah. Easily. Okay. I want to go to Death Valley with you. Seriously. I think, I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, Not that we're going to forage anything. I just right. would like to see Bring sand back. Valley with somebody that's a Boy Scout. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've always wanted to do the, I don't remember what mountain it might be. Mountain rises right off of Death Valley, but that's the somewhat famous trail that goes you yeah. know, up like nine thousand feet from the <clears throat> from the desert floor. I've always wanted to do that, but they say it's a little hot. Mm. Yeah, probably so. Um, do you prefer being in a tent camper? Tent. And let's I prefer no tent at all. To clarify, but I, outdoor. Yeah, tent over camper. And then and, uh, going back to wrestling, would you rather do bear crawls or up downs for an hour? For an hour, I was going to say, for how long? <laughs> uh, shit. I'm trying to remember the pain of each one yeah. pr- properly, you know, before you answer. Um, I would rather do up-downs for an hour. Okay. I, I'm positive I've done yeah. up-downs for an hour. Positive, yeah. right? Yeah, I get, I get you to come do a Spartan mm-hmm. race with me. Yeah. Um, no, so where can, okay, so where can everybody find you, and, and how do they stay in touch with you? And uh, Right now, in, uh, until we finish the kitchen and dining space at the Scott Foundation, uh, which in, at that point we'll have collaboration dinners every month again, like we used to have cool. a guest chef at Cartwright's once a month. And yeah, we'll kind of right. expand now as, as uh, we get the, the Foster Foundation. Scott Foundation and Wild have basically melded together. Okay. <clears throat> so that I can be associated with these kids. Do many people know about this? This this, this like, melding together. Yeah, this is the first time I've talked about it publicly because we haven't been doing a lot of stuff in public. Wow, how exciting is that? <clears throat> and you hit me up a few weeks ago, so yeah. I thought, man, I've been having you know a lot of journalists and a lot of peers and a lot of colleagues and yeah. people in the business ask me, ask me, ask me, and like just like we, you and I talked about before we started, like, man, I can't even make a plan for next week <clears throat> right now. So, right. So this this makes way more sense than jumping into a brick and mortar not knowing what the future by me not having to worry about a restaurant right now i can help other people yeah and that's huge for me 
And still be involved in food and doing what oh, you love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so with the Scott Foundation, we'll take uh, a chef for the whole month, a guest chef. Okay. They'll do three cooking classes collaboratively, and then the last week of, of their involvement will be a dinner that people can buy tickets to. Cool. So that kitchen's being built right now. The uh, Bruce Halley Foundation from Discount Tire gave me gave us $100,000 to build the kitchen. So Wonderful. As anyone that knows in the business goes, that's a pretty good chunk of change for for what we need to do so they're building uh you know got local people building uh craftsmen blacksmith building the grills and building uh ovens and things like that for us so that uh again like i said this is kind of a test run a pilot property for for what we're going to be doing on a grander scale so i i'm excited and and, uh it's in the meantime we've we've been doing uh we're kind of re-innovate it a little bit over the uh next week or so but we've been doing it to go pop up uh, every single week, okay. uh, usually centered around Jaren's uh, brisket or some barbecue of some kind. So next week we're doing two wash chickens, and I think he said he's coming back with ribs from the reservation. So that sounds. Uh, and you'll continue appetizing. to do a lot of that stuff. So people I'm follow. Add a farmer's market. So a, I'm okay. gonna, for now, uh, I'll just just turn wild into a virtual restaurant uh, with a somewhat diverse menu, uh, okay. as well as farmed goods and CSA boxes that can be packed up because I know. Now, as restaurants have started to feel it and have felt it for months and months, a lot of my farmer friends need need help. Yeah, they need yeah. to move product, and they're they're losing animals or selling animals at you know less than they paid for them, or they're selling their product for less than it cost to right. to grow it in the first place. And you know, I like I said, with without needing to worry about said restaurant at the given moment, how can I help those people? So people, yeah, I mean, people would be great if they follow you and they follow the events that you're doing mm-hmm. and they buy from those events because it not just helps, you know, basically, you know, what you're doing, but it helps. It, it goes down the line. Right. You know, it's Absolutely. which, which right. is amazing. So and you're great on social media. You're, I mean, you're responsive. You're right. You do your thing. Um, and so Wild has its own IG. Wild has Wild Arizona Cuisine has its own Instagram. Uh, I'm Viver on Instagram and uh that's that's pretty much find, yeah if you want to you want to find jaron he's custom 505 because he's from new mexico and gotcha they represent the 505 so uh uh you know other people tell us that too like isn't isn't part of the navajo nation on the new mexico side and like the arizona new mexico line came way after yeah the navajo nations right lines it's there it's, so it's their line it's yeah. all the same when you cross over from new mexico and arizona on the nation yeah. you don't see any signs it's just that's not, cool. that's not a line to them. So right. we always get a good chuckle out of that. That's, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's how you can find any of us. And <clears throat> like I said, it's just a matter of staying busy and, and yeah. not necessarily relevant, but staying busy helps keep the passion going. Well, so for sure. no matter what it is, my life will always be encompassed with food. And like that, that's always going to be the platform. But how, how much more of the community can we reach? How much more right. culture can we affect? Right. And, and without just being stuck with your head down seven days a week in a restaurant, that's... Well, rest assured, I, I'll, you know, us, me, all of us, we'll be promoting the shit out of whatever it is that you're doing. And so to keep people, you know, in the loop, even through show notes and just through stuff that we'll, you know, promote here or there, has your doing these educational, you know, mm-hmm. um, learning, you know, trainings and stuff like that and, and doing the foraging and all these things that people that are of interest. And, and I would seriously be like, get involved, you know, mm-hmm. check it out, even right. if it's once a month sort of thing. So sure. ha- I mean, has I mean, those things blow up? I, I do want to announce those well, and put them out. Yeah, for this year is the Scott Foundation is always has had an annual potty and it's a 
animal fashion show. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it involves a live auction, involves a <clears throat> silent auction. It's been at Cartwrights or Westworld for years. Yeah. And this year we have to go virtual with it. So, you know, that that's a shift for all of us to, you know, hopefully deliver 300 meals yeah. uh, on September 20th. So, you know, that's a big one. And then, <clears throat> and then I told you before, I'm going to hike the entire Arizona Trail. That's leaving, right. Leaving in March and I'll be back uh, <clears throat> midway through May and I've always wanted to do it, but I have a, you know, an outlet for it now where it can be to raise money and awareness the for the foster youth yeah. of Arizona. It's a super screwed up system, just like we have a lot of super screwed up systems and, yeah. and anything we could do to bring, you know, awareness and impact to it uh, is, is huge. That's so. amazing. I, do people ever call you, do people ever call you Jesus? No. No? Okay. You're a good dude. Oh, you really dude. are. You're a good I dude. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm, this has been awesome. I'm, uh, thank you so much for coming and thanks doing this and, and driving from New River. Uh, yeah. uh, good people. I, I, that That's the whole thing uh, for me now, I guess, nowadays is, is surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah. And then great things happen. You know, one one great idea or is not as good as 10 great ideas yeah. together. And I, I'm just constantly <clears throat> wanting to further... Uh, you know my community and, and that and that network of oh, I know good you do. people just yeah. evolving. It's like a hurricane. Man. It's 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 awesome. Hurricane of positivity. Just, yeah, no, it, and, and it's. I mean, just as we had talked in the beginning of the podcast of how we met and just how those energies align yep, together, and for it's sure. just it's just positive energy. So awesome. Thank you, Brett. Um, subscribe to the um, BRP Bar Restaurant Podcast list. We will be giving away some really cool items. Um, I'm going to uh, co-host, is that the right word, uh, Brett, into giving us some cool stuff and, yeah. and other people that we have on the podcast. So you can literally win some really awesome stuff from our guest and uh, be a part of a list and just kind of keep in tune and, and in touch with everything that we have going on here as we, as we grow this. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please, 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 if you get a chance, leave a five-star review. Um, helps us you know, get some traction. Share this with your friends. And uh, check out our social media outlets uh, at local the local 480 um, the local 480 media. Uh, you have to check out Eat Drink AZ because she's the bomb um, and part of our group. And then obviously at I am the Delo, which is um, my personal Instagram. And um, yeah, that's it. So thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.